probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to the Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. Welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud. And joining me once again in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's everybody's favourite gold stormtrooper from everybody's favourite animated show. It's Commander Blyer. <laughs> no way have we not done that one before. Have we it's not in the re- annals. Um, what was it that Joe Castor knew said? If it's not in the archives, it does not exist. Oh, that is true. That is true. Some, some Joe Castor vibes up in here. How on earth are you, Matty boy? I am doing very, very well, mate. Uh, no beer tonight, a cup of tea. The health kick is pretty much starting. Um, so looking forward to chatting some sessions, mate. How on earth are you on a Monday? Do you know what, mate? Not too bad. It's another weekend in lockdown, so enough said. No crazy activities. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Just uh, Mrs. cooked dinner tonight, actually. I thought I was going to be cooking it. She cooked it. So that was nice. So I'll do tomorrow's dinner. That is as adventurous as life gets at the moment. So, Matty boy, I'll level with you. Talking for Star Wars for about an hour and 20 minutes-ish. I'm here for it. I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. Mate, I, I hear that, mate. This party's not over. And speaking about which, tonight we're going to party like it's episode 99 tonight. Episode 99 tonight. <laughs> Let's just hear that play out a bit more. Oh, yeah. Yes. Tonight we're going to party like it's episode 99. Luke, sing it for us. Oh, uh, like it's 1999. Oh, mate. I love it. Prince. 99, mate. So we've made it this far. Uh, I now want to uh, announce that this is our final ever episode. No, it's not really. No, it's definitely not (laughs) the final ever one. Episode 99. Uh, thank you everyone for joining in. We've got one more. This is the last one before we hit three digits. But before we even think about any of that kind of fun stuff, I've been interrupted because I can hear in the background the sounds. Sounds like Big Ben Kenobi, mate. I don't know what that means. Oh, that must mean, Matty boy. It's the Galactic News Round. Star Wars Collectors, the new merchandise program exclusively on Amazon will soon begin featuring toys, clothing and more themed to iconic Star Wars planets. Pedro Pascal has teased that there will be new Star Wars crossovers in The Mandalorian. Alan Tudyk says K2SO won't appear in the first season of Andor. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best Star Wars program. Now, I've just heard the word Mandalorian and that word, whereas once it may may have made me think, "Mm, I don't really want to watch those episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels. Now, I love them. 
Can't wait to see more because of that TV show called The Mandalorian. And we're focusing on that today because it's been pretty much a month now since we had uh, the conclusion of season two and that scene in the end. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Was Luke Skywalker's appearance, spoiler, in The Mandalorian, (laughs) quote unquote, too much fan service or was it integral to the story? And the reason why we spoke about this is because for that very reason, we've heard a lot of people online you know, that everyone's very much entitled to their opinion. We may or may not agree with it. But they're saying, look, you know, it's jumping the shark a bit too much now. Did we need Luke in it? Why did we need to tie it to the Skywalker saga or the bigger picture? Too much fan service, we've, we've heard. And again, everybody's very much entitled to their opinion. We're just, we're, we're the ones in the middle. We like to have a little chat about it. So, Luke, we, we kind of, as soon as we realised that this could be a topic, we jumped on this one, didn't we, mate? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Because, um... I think there's quite a few opinions on this one, Um, but also for once it seems to be that a majority of people end up in the same place despite whatever opinion they have, which is um, surprisingly fresh um, coming from the Star Wars fandom, to be honest. It's it's a a surprise to be sure, but welcome one, mate boy. Oh, yes, ironic. Um, Ironic. But... Do you know what, mate? Uh, twenty twenty was a rough one. It was a really, really rough one. It was like you went out with your mates and you went on a twenty pub pub crawl, and um, it was Sounds rough. Right so far, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was really, really rough. Yeah, it's and morning after, yep. You know, we've said, uh, Matty Boy, for the last few weeks and, and well, now months that. The Mandalorian Season 2 just came at such a good time for escapism and storytelling mm-hmm. because it felt like 2020 wasn't just wasteful, especially in you know TV and film, um, because it was really beginning to feel like that. And so many of us were thinking, you know, Mandalorian better be good, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Save us. I was confident. I was confident. But also, I wanted it to be good. And I was yeah. like, man, this better be good. John Favreau, Dave Filoni, etc. Everyone. Save the year. Save, Save the dream. Save the dream. Save it, the rebellion. And do you know what, mate? I think um, this last episode of The Mandalorian kind of started. I, I won't lie to you. And I think I mentioned this on our first man, on our um, Mandalorian recap for the episode. So the first time around I mentioned this. I did catch myself kind of like looking at my phone thinking, man, like, where's this episode going? This doesn't really feel like a finale. You know, they're just kind of like storming a ship and that's it. You know, what's what's actually going to happen here? And it's kind of like by the the second half of the episode, you begin to realize, okay, this is leading to something here. And I always said, Matty boy, those... Um, troopers, the dark troopers. That is what they are called, aren't they? The droids. Yeah, yeah. Battle droid things. The dark troopers. I was saying, you know, the reason that we are being um, shown that they're so powerful and they're they're almost indestructible is because it would, it would be perfect to have a lightsaber wielding or like you know a sword wielding character come and take them down. Right. That's why we're being being showed these guys. Um, and lo and behold, it happened, you know? 
a lot of people were, you know, theorizing it was going to be Ezra Bridger from Star mm-hmm. Wars Rebels. Some people thought it was going to be Ahsoka because we were introduced to Ahsoka earlier on in the season. And there were a few of us, Matty Boy. <laughs> Don't know who. There were a few of us who said, I think it could be Luke. I think it could be Luke Skywalker. And I don't know when. You know, I wasn't saying, yeah, definitely going to be the season finale. But from an early time, I was saying, mate, I was saying, man, that Luke Skywalker cameo, it's coming. I I, I can feel it. I can feel it. And then we got it. And I cried. (laughs) Because he was right, that's why. I was so emotional, Matt, because it did feel like I was at my nan and granddad's house in the 90s watching a VHS copy of Return of the Jedi or something, and this was just a bonus scene. And it just felt... It felt like justice, too. It felt like everything. You know, just a truly remarkable Jedi coming through and doing his thing. I have something to expand on that that I will revisit. Matty Boy... What are you thinking, mate? Um, well, I very similar to you in terms of the episode. I remember mentioning it on our recap as well that, for the most part, the season finale was just a decent episode of The Mandalorian. It's a good episode, you know? It was um, the gang storming a ship. You know, the girls get it done. Uh, Mando was infiltrating a certain, a different area. You know, it's a heist, isn't it? It's what Mando does best. But it was those final few moments that elevated it. And it's not just the Luke scene. It was the scene after with... Grogu and Dean as well, which sold it for me. But um, yeah, there was somebody out there called Luke who has been calling this for an awful long time. And we've all had time to congratulate him because I I didn't believe Luke was coming anywhere near this season. I I, I just said, no, I don't think it's not happening this season. Every Most of the time Luke said it. I said he probably will do, but I cannot see it in any month of Sundays happening this season. Lo and behold, it did. I, I was on the Ahsoka train thinking, well, they set her up. She's had the the mind Skype with Grogu. She's probably connected to him somehow. She'll sense he's in danger. Thus, four four turn up and save the day. But how wrong were we? And yeah, when it happened, dude, when it happened, you know, one X wing, great, we're saved. Wow, Hold on, one X wing. Hold on, what did Dune just say? And you're like, nah, no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Trapper Wolf. It's gonna be Dave Filoni turning up, isn't it? Right. Or Carson Tiva. That's like, hold on. These that guys are walking down the hallway in a robe. Nah, they haven't done it. I just remember sitting forward as soon as I saw the X-Wing. I said I said on the show, sat forward. I was like, no. Literally, like, audibly, because I had no one in the house. It was great. I was like, no way. And then it was just a chorus of, yes, yeah. God knows what the neighbours thought. It was, yes, yes. I was just, come on. And then, obviously, the save and what came afterwards. It was just one of those moments with the score, with Ludwig. Ludwig Joransson's score, which just made everything just epic, ethereal, spooky, wild. Everything just combined. And yeah, man, this is up top. This is a lot of people's childhood fantasy coming true. This is a hero, the hero of their childhood, Luke Skywalker. And this is a moment for him to just show why he was, you know, the Jedi. You know, and then I'm sure we'll touch upon other Luke appearances in a bit. But for that particular moment, it made an awful lot of people happy. I didn't think it was going to happen, but in the moment, I was man, I was all over that. So, for my first reaction was, this is the greatest thing to ever happen in the world ever. So, 
just because it was just everything to came together and then Din and Grogor afterwards is what set me off. I was bawling like a child. Uh, so that actually became the moment of the episode for me was the end with Din and Baby Yoda. But dude, the Luke bit was, was spot on, wasn't it? And um, yeah, our reaction I, was very similar. Yeah, I and I think that's the same for so many people. Probably yeah, a lot of people who are listening to, to this right now probably right. felt some similar emotions, but, you know, maybe not. And there were those who, who didn't feel like that, and that's fair play. Of course. Um, for me, mate, you know, I'm going to expand on that thing that I said earlier about justice. Um, on, big throughout the episode and actually throughout the season and really the whole series, Mando isn't perfect and mm-hmm. you know that's really highlighted in this episode he is an extremely skilled warrior mm-hmm. he is an absolute hero yeah there's not much he can't do there's not much he can't do really um but the dark troopers man he nearly got absolutely yeeted and done by one and there's like there's like 30 of them or something like just <laughs> like waiting to get into this room and look the mandos and that bo-katan mando they're all like getting their pistols out and you're thinking what what's the point what is Put the boy, point Put what, boy, guys. what is the point you guys should be running away trying to like get in the vents or something not getting out gideon's loving it isn't it? gideon's loving it he's loving it he is loving it, right? So in that room, before Luke, before the X-Wing arrives, this one X-Wing, which immediately got my sus meter sky high from that <laughs> thinking moment. thinking about it. From that moment, Matty boy, from that moment, mm-hmm. I was like, no, you are not. Yeah. No, you're oh, not, no, John you Favreau, Dave Filoni, Peyton Reed, everyone else involved. No, you are not. Are you kidding me? And it wasn't until I saw the green lightsaber. That's when I knew. I knew it. I was like, that's it. Yeah. Are you yeah. joking? And I was getting a mosh, mate. Anyway, um, Mando, extremely strong, versatile warrior, clever, intelligent fighter. Um, the Dark Troopers, these just droids that the 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 best droids we have ever seen in star wars right they are they they are are. mad they're better than anything i've seen in the prequels they didn't say roger roger either no roger rogers no roger rogers i don't mind a few roger rogers so you know but anyway everyone in there is extremely capable that's what i'm trying to say and luke skywalker comes along mercs them yeah. I, I like th- they don't stand a chance they it, it's a joke it's like an entry-level game for luke like he once luke arrives at the door and takes off his head, i'm getting man i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it's it, good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's as soon as you said when that x-wing turn up I'm, I'm there again this is what i mean this is what i mean the feels um he just makes it look easy like, yeah, no big deal. Bang, bang, bang. He's, he's just on it. You know, when you're watching a football game, I'm going to be using a lot of football analogies in this or, you know, sport analogies in this. There, there are players that make football look so easy and make it look like liquid, like a river. You know, he's played for some clubs that I detest. 
I detest. But when you watch Cristiano Ronaldo play oh, football, goat. it's like it it just it just doesn't seem normal. But it also seems so natural. Do you know what I mean? You know that it's special. And I remember thinking that Matty Boy back in like 2009 when he was playing in the Premier League for Man United. And I thought, man, like this is special. And that's what a Jedi kind of is meant to be. But Luke isn't just the Jedi. He, he at this point, he's pretty much the only Jedi who is a master, who is a Skywalker. You know, Ahsoka did some impressive, mad stuff, and she's obviously incredibly capable. But Luke in this, like, he just didn't, he, he just, do you know what I mean? He just weren't, like, it weren't a challenge. It was not a challenge. And that's the point of the episode. We we have this whole episode where the gang are struggling, and they just get to the finish line. And then, nah, nah, taken away from you. You're done, mate. And suddenly, our heroes that we love and adore, Matty Boy, what happens? They're humbled, mate. They are humbled. Mando's like, are you a Jedi? Luke's like, I am. Yeah. And Mando must be thinking, flaming heck, these Jedi. What? We went to war with these guys? (laughs) (laughs) Are we meant to? Right. Man, I and I love that because that adds to the mythology of the Jedi. Yeah, the Jedi suddenly takes on this meaning of not just spirituality, but something that really is all almost to be reckoned with. You're like, wow, I have a deep respect and almost a healthy fear for the word Jedi now. You know, if you were like in that room at that time, that's what I'm thinking anyway, Matty boy. Well, look at Gideon's face, our boy, my man, Gideon. He was, he, like I said, he was lapping it up. You know what I mean? He was like the cat that got the cream. Then suddenly... He sees the lightsaber and he realised just who that is because, let's face it, he knows who that is. He worked in the ISB. He knows the, he knows the Jedi, Luke Skywalker. He knows the guy who blew up the Death Star boat and was there for, and with, for the Emperor's death and Vader's death. He knows who this guy is and he knows what he can do. Hence why his face drops and he realises the game is up, you know, and why he tries to blow his own head off because he knows the game is up. Skywalker is cutting through those joys like a hot knife through butter. He is taking them out willy-nilly. And yeah, it, like you say, it was it showed the power, but it was still done, honestly, I'll say tastefully. I mean, there he crushes the droids like, in insides, but it was done like almost like balletic, like you say about someone like Ronaldo, or if we want to, for the balance for people shouting at us and Messi as well. It's almost balletic at times, watching these people and any other sports stars you can think of, ice hockey, whatever. Who just make it look easy? You know, watch Sidney Crosby on the ice. Just watch how he just glides and dances. It's wonderful. And that's what Luke Skywalker did. Mark Hamill did the voice. We had Max Lloyd Jones stood in for Luke on set, and uh, it was Matt Ruggetti was the stunt double. So three people came together to create this version of Luke Skywalker. And as we've both just said, we loved it, and we know that a lot of other people liked it. Not everybody else did. Not everybody else did. And there were uh, some voices saying, you know, it tied in too much to the Skywalker saga. It doesn't feel like its own separate thing. Um, did it take away from the Mandalorian, from Din Djarin's ending himself, were some of the questions I saw. Now, for me, it didn't, because uh, seeing Baby and Din together, that is what I remember from that finale. 
yeah. generally is because that's the bit that that made me ball my eyes out was it was like father and son wasn't it that kind of moment like he takes his finally sees his face and you no know, man like you said everyone's humble but mando is at that in that moment he's just he's just a man he's just a, he's a father basically looking down in the eyes of his son he's like you know i'll see you again i promise and that's what it's all about and luke helped helped them luke basically got them to that point without luke skywalker there is you don't have that point uh where they can have that goodbye um but so to you mate Sorry, I know you've just you just gone on one, but I'm no, going to throw it back to you. <laughs> Did it take away from Din's ending? Um, and do you feel like now? Let's sort of look at the other side of it now. Do you feel like it's a detriment to the see the series that it's now you know fairly intrinsically tied to the Skywalker saga? When to begin with, it was its own little thing, wasn't it? It's a good point, mate. It's a good point. Um, so in in short, no, because I I think this is. You know, in the Last Jedi, yeah, one of the main theme. Yeah, you heard of it. Um, one of the main themes of that film is failure, yeah. and in uh, the 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 season finale of uh, season two of Mando, you know, they the whole gang and Mando himself, especially, comes so close to winning, so close, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. He doesn't. What that shows us, for me, right when I watch this, what that shows us is that actually sometimes you need a hero to come in and help you. You need this greater figure to come in and assist you because you can't always do it on your own. Even with a team around you, even with capable people around you, sometimes you need that outside influence. I think there's a ton of things you could go on about this, right? And for me, I actually felt that that was important. Because that's the story anyway. From the first season, the story has been Grogu needs to get to a Jedi. He needs to go to his people. And that was in my head, my boy. And I think that's why I always was, you know, saying about Luke Skywalker is because, well, yeah, it's Luke Skywalker. Because to me, that felt way more feasible than Ahsoka or Ezra. That felt way more feasible. Like, because I know... Luke's alive. I I know it. It's guaranteed. Luke's alive. He's, he's out and about. Right? He's kind of a center figure, and he's and he's setting up a new Jedi order. To, in my head, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. It makes for me, mate. It makes sense for the story. It makes sense for why he adds to the episode and the season in general. Um, bro, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear that, dude. I I hear you. Like, but I also hear. I listen. I hear the counter arguments. I hear the counter arguments. But listen, mate, boy. It's like if I go to a curry house. <laughs> here we go. Here comes the curry analogy. Here comes the curry analogy, mate. We love also. it. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm like flaming egg. That's nice. That's a nice chicken bolty. You know. I'm like, which one of my faves anyway? I'm like, man, I love this. Someone comes along and goes, I don't like that. Don't like spicy food. Or no, not even that. Oh, I don't like Indian food. You know, in my head, I might be thinking, are you mental? What are you going on about? Indian food is the one. It's the banger. But hang on. Also, do you know what? Fair enough. That's their that's their palate. That's yep. their thing. They like Chinese. Chinese is their fav. 
no debate really there's there's just not a debate to have to have is there really and listen i know they're different but i can't help but adore this i really can't and it did for me it didn't feel fan servicey because it played in to a story that we've been given since season one so fan service isn't a bad thing either fan service gets tossed around an awful lot uh, the Marvel fans hear about it. The DC fans hear about it. I'm sure Harry Potter fans will hear about it if, even when the new game comes out and this apparent TV series. Fan service isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad word. Fan service is good. Fans are the ones who watch these shows. And, and like we've been saying about people like Cobb Vanth turning up, that is fan service to me because the hardcore will read those. Not even the hardcore, but fans of you know Star Wars who want to read or expand their knowledge of the law will read that book and put it away like i have and thought think yeah that was good never gonna hear from them again a couple of years later cob vamp stud on screen is like wow that is fan service that is you know giving the a lot of fans what they didn't think would ever happen and i and again when i saw him on on screen yes almost as loud as luke because it was that acknowledgement right so it's fan service the way it's defined i think is wrong in, i agree has a negative context, doesn't it? It, it does, yeah, and on social context. media. I mean, what's wrong with giving the fans what they want? And, of course, you, you can have too much of it. Every episode of The Mandalorian could have had, you know, we could have had Princess Leia in one episode. We could have run into Han Solo the next episode. That's also bad storytelling. Do you know what I mean? That's, that is then just pandering. But having Luke appear, remember what Yoda said, you know, when gone am I the last of the Jedi you'll be? Ahsoka is out there schooling fools, but she's herself said, I am no Jedi. Ezra is, you know, hanging with the space whales and Thrawn somewhere. Cal Kestis, probably dead. Do you know what I mean? Those three, to two of those three, would have had to explain an awful lot. Like, who is this Ezra geezer? Who's this Cal Kestis fella? You know, we're talking about introducing, uh, introducing and acknowledging wider canon, but you can't take the most important moment of the series and chuck in Cal Kestis. And then expect people to be like, oh, I'm going to go and play that game, actually. No, you can't. You just can't do that. The only person out there was Luke Skywalker. And speaking of canon, he's been, he has been deified. Like Ray said, I thought he was a myth. Like the excellent uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker book by Ken Liu has kids, similar to the end of Last Jedi, but has these kids talking about, you know, these legends they've heard of Luke Skywalker, some of which are true, some aren't. But, um, you know, it's, and you could tell which well, ones are. Well, but, do you know- do you know what, mate? I, I I agree with that, you know? And I think, for me, fan service is... It's just like, I don't know, just trying to please your kid. Yeah, Like, you want your kid to be happy, but also... Oh, yeah. so, and so you give them a sweetie bar or, like, a chocolate or chocolate whatever, or, you know, an ice cream every now and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to do that, right? But you're not going to feed it to them for dinner, Every night, are you? Because you love them and you actually ultimately know what's best for them, right? So what does that mean? Okay, well, that means that sometimes we need fresh perspective. We need new things, especially in a mythology like Star Wars. But sometimes we need to be treated and we need something that is just sweet to the taste and is gorgeous and makes sense. Let me hit you with something, Matty Boy. This is this Probably is another boy. thought, you know, that I had on this. For me, mate, just going off of what I said a few moments ago, you know, Star Wars and 
IPs like the such art, well, you've just mentioned, say, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. You know, you could go on and on about these huge IPs, Marvel, right? They can become self-aware of themselves, you know? And for me, mate, for me, if this Jedi that turned up to save the day or or was to, to turn up to meet Grogu, if it wasn't Luke, if it was Ezra, if it was Ahsoka, if it was someone else, right? Maybe not Ahsoka, but someone else, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, that, that would have felt self-aware. That would have felt like fan service to me because that would have been, oh, do you know what? We can't do Luke Skywalker because, well, that's cliche, isn't it? Can't do that. It's got to be fresh, got to be fresh for the sake of being fresh, right? Because it's like, no, do you... who? They don't know who the hell Ezra is. They don't know who Cal is. Like, what? He's not, you know, he's the Jedi. Luke is the Jedi. And there's the impact for the audience. Let's not forget everything you've just said is correct. And as the audience, we're, we're pop culture vultures. We want those big moments. We want the moment we watch something you're like, yes. And fans of every other IP or TV series or whatever. They, they remember the big moments. They want those big moments. Had, Bro. had the Mando season two ended with, uh, I don't know, man, the Mando blowing the window out of that ship and everyone got blown out apart from the heroes and they all survived. You know, it's, you know what, what's, it's just it's fine, isn't it? There isn't that big moment. People know to expect something from a season finale. In, the, in season one finale, we had, a, we, had that, we had that big old battle and big moments, but this obviously took it up another level. But it's what we as fans also ultimately want as well. Yeah. As long as it suits the story, which it does, Luke, like you've just said, Luke is the he is the legend. Luke is the last Jedi. He is the one to is going to elicit that fear and that awe in but and the audience and the people in the universe as well. And it's building on the legend. They're building the legend of Luke Skywalker. This is building upon it. We saw him in the Last Jedi. That's a, that's another part of his myth, mythos. And I don't think it was in terms of this. I don't think it was too much fan service uh, because he, you know he was only in it for like five minutes. I get that a lot to a lot of people it overshadowed the moment. You know, people don't think of this as the, the end of the Mandalorian season two. They think of it as that one that Luke showed up in. And okay, I get that. That you know, for fans of the show who just want like me who just want it to be about Mando, that could be a bit of a bummer. But I've been banging the drum saying. Well, I quite enjoyed season one because it felt smaller and there were less cameos, even though I love season two. Sure. But it's, you know, it's seeing seeing that moment. It's just one of those moments. But more importantly, it made sense because he was the only one who could turn up to to wreak havoc. Ahsoka could have turned up and it would have been great. But I don't know how, you know, Moff Gideon might have been worried. I don't know. He may have been. Ezra, he probably have been like, who's this guy? And Cal, he would have been like, well, who the hell is this old geezer? Yeah. Luke was the Luke was the man to turn up in the universe, out of universe. It just made sense, and but I get why people say, you know, why they've now tied it to this bigger picture. But to be fair, I believe right. John Favreau even said up top before it was even released that this is gonna this is gonna tie into the wider mythology. So I think John Favreau kind of uh, signaled towards it. But I I guess I want to so say yeah on that last. But I I I see why people may have been upset about it but to me and it seems like to you in terms of in universe it it seems to fit without then having to jump through hoops to you know uh, answer more questions or provide exposition as to who's just turned up but 
Um, Matty Boy, you know, we saw, Luke. and you know what, mate? Um, I would add to that that the moment they introduced Grogu as a character that could use the Force post Return of the Jedi, yeah, the moment they did that, the moment they did that, expanded the story. This wasn't about just a, ma- a bounty hunter on his own, and it's never been just about that. That's not the point of this story. And you know what? We're going to get a different story for that. We're going to get Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. The Mandalorian is a story about family. That's what it's about. It's about a father and it's about a son. That's the whole point. The complication there is that this son has these magical powers that they need to be controlled. He needs to be trained. And he needs to be trained by the goodies. Who's the goodies? Luke Skywalker. That's it. That's it. And that's why, for me, it felt inevitable. And I was still surprised because I weren't expecting it. I weren't expecting it, mate. I weren't expecting end of season two for Luke to come. And that's why, you know, it really did feel like that moment of this is a heroic moment. This is a hero coming and saving the day because I had no idea how this was going to go down. Like once they really started to lose, yeah, Moff yep. Gideon's there, like you said, mate. Moff Gideon's there just smiling. I was like, what? Like, what's going to happen? What yep. is going to happen? And I was fearing that actually this is going to end on a dark note. I was I was genuinely sitting there thinking, this isn't going to end good, is it? Gideon's going to take the baby or something. Someone is going to die. And he started I, blasting Bo-Katan. I was like, has he just killed her? Yeah. yeah. It, there's... Yeah, that's a good point as well. But that's, do you know what, mate? For me, this just felt like one of the most glorious moments of what's been such a horrid few months and, and year, yeah. you know? And it felt like for those moments, especially the first time I watched it, like none of that mattered, you know? Like, and that's what good storytelling is. The yeah. fact that I felt like that, Matt, and I continue to feel like that. You know, and there's not really any argument for me, right? There's no argument that sits, that makes me sit there and go, yeah, yeah, I've changed my mind on this, actually. Mm-hmm. And if there is one, then I will. But right now, I don't, I don't think there is. And to be honest, mate, I don't think there's many people out there trying to argue that this wasn't an epic moment. It might not have been their favorite moment or whatever, mm-hmm. but. I think for many reasons it, it 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 makes sense. And actually, going on to something else that we've discussed, you know, um, personally, I think it ties in with what Luke in The Last Jedi is. Mm-hmm. Because this is Luke Skywalker saving the day with a laser sword. He's yeah. good at that. He knows how to do that. He knows how to do that. And yet one mistake with his family, his blood... And he causes a huge problem. He can't deal with that. He can't deal with that. And that's a really, I think that really lines up with that episode eight, Luke, for me, right? And I know there's going to be people that fundamentally disagree with that too. And that's cool, right? That's cool. That's cool. What do you think, mate? Um, well, I have seen a few people online saying that they didn't like the moment because it was it was too much fan service. But that's that's fair dues. I mean, I, again, I watched that and think, how can you not think even any aspect of that is boss? I mean, the music just just the music is unreal in that scene. Like the 
that guitar. Um, but yeah, the last Jedi Luke. Remember, you know, I was a legend because I was Luke Skywalker. You know, because he was a legend. This is this is all built, and I've just been saying as well about they're building up the legend, whether it's that book of the kids talking about Luke and the stories they've heard, and again, some of them are true. This moment in the Mandalorian. Now we know about obviously the the, the temple massacre. And then the, the rise of Carlo Ren's sort of ham-fisted attempts at telling us what happened. Woo! But um, yes, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah. The, leg- the legend is being built up and built up until we get to The Last Jedi, where even Luke is saying, you know, I all of this, you know, people expect me to go out and fight the first order of a laser sword, you know, later on because I'm a legend, because I am Luke Skywalker. You know, people expect, what do they expect me? Just be, just because I am Luke Skywalker, nobody expects me to fail, but fail I did. Um, so again, there will be people out there who just don't agree whatsoever, and that's fair dues. We know there's a lot of people who, who, who's, who's aren't fans of the Last Jedi, and again, that's fair enough. I happen to really in, like the Luke's portrayal in the in the Last Jedi in terms of like, he threw away his lightsaber at the end of Return of the Jedi. He didn't want to fight the Emperor. He wasn't going to fight in the Last Jedi because that wasn't his way. And he did the most Jedi thing possible. He, you know, defeated the First Order with no violence. He saved the Resistance and he became the legend that we're hearing so much about. So, um, and obviously other aspects people didn't like, but like, you know, grumpy Luke, they call him. But, you know, he went to the island for a certain reason. He cut himself off from the Force. He missed out on a lot of things like Han uh, dying, the rise of Kylo Ren in the First Order. He was still aware of it. You know, he's aware of it. And a lot of people obviously question, well, hold on, why didn't he go back and help his sister? Why didn't he go back and help his friends out? But, you know, I'm sure we're going to get more onto that, get more into that at some point. But I, I, I think this tied in well. I generally do think this tied in well. So when you've got swashbuckling Luke and then Luke, because remember, that's like 30 years later, it's like 27 years later, The Last Jedi, 27, 26 years later. So it's not like it's just around the corner. There's a lot that happens from when he's schooling fools on the, on Gideon's ship to yeah. when he's on Acto. So um, do you think, because we've now seen Luke in The Mandalorian, we've now seen him in The Last Jedi, and we've seen him like pop up in other things very, very briefly elsewhere. Do you think we'll see Luke again, mainly in The Mandalorian? I mean, he maybe he'll pop up in one of the other shows, but it'll just actually in any of the TV series, because... This is when we're now talking about too much fan service. We've seen Luke. He's come in. He's wrecked shop. He's saved the day. And he's, you know, he's gone. He's taken baby and he's gone. Now the questions arise. So how are we going to get baby back? Is, you know, is Luke just going to drop him off with someone else? Are we going to see Luke Skywalker again, mate? Um, Yeah, my gut says yes. And I don't think it's going to be in his own show. Like some Star Wars youtube channels are reporting (laughs) (laughs) yeah to put it kindly um no he's not gonna get in his own show he's not getting his own show and or i doubt it i doubt it it's not saying anyway i'm going i'm going they would have recast if that's the case surely probably and had a younger person in who could then slide into his own show Never say never, never say never, but yeah. I, I, I can't see it happening, mate. Um, I could see him returning in The Mandalorian, to, to mm-hmm. put it, um, yeah, to put it bluntly, because I think that, once again, makes sense. Grogu will end up with Mando again. Yeah. 
he will. They will be reunited, and that will be a big deal. The reunion will be a big deal. You heard it here. That's going to be the name of an of a chapter. The reunion. The big, I thought the big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Finn we see up. we see a baby Finn. That's it. Oh, I'd, I'd the reunion. That. Yeah. Well, I called the rescue, isn't it, as a title cliche, true. but I called it. Yeah, that's true. But that kind of goes to show that it's like sometimes the most obvious one is the right one, and that's even with Luke here because that's why I'm saying I'm. I think we'll see Luke again, um, and I do think it'll just be a short. You know. Oh yeah, here you go. Here's the baby back. You know, just nothing overcomplicated. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. That's what I think. What What do you reckon, mate? I'll throw it quickly right back at you. You can just imagine, here, have the baby. I'm going to go and train my nephew, Ben Solo. Yeah. That would be winking too much at the camera. We'll but... Watch his career with great interest. That's it. He's going to be a great Jedi or something like that. Like, oh, don't do that. They won't do that. Um, I think you kind of have to, because that's some of the questions raised now, is obviously what's going to happen with Grogu? We, we've mentioned and speculated before, there's, is there going to be a time jump? I'd imagine so. I think there kind of needs to be now. Um, and... Din said, "I'll, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. I'll see you again. I promise. We're, look, baby's coming back. But how else are we going to get baby back? He's currently with Luke. Luke, does, Luke said he'll protect the child with his life. Luke's then not going to, you know, leave him in the car whilst he goes to fill up with petrol. No, he's going to have his eyes on him the whole time. He's not going to give him. I don't think he's going to give him to someone else to watch over. Though he might do. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. But the only way that we won't see Luke is if he passes him over to somebody else, or he's like, oh." He like rings up Luke Skywalker. Oh, sorry, I, I dropped him with my friend Ahsoka. Go find Ahsoka. It's the only way I can't see it happening. But otherwise, yeah. this is it. If 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 they show, however, how I don't know how it happens. I don't know how they're going to po- cross paths. But if they show Luke Skywalker again for like a two minute cameo, just passing the baby back, and then explaining like you know his true calling is with you, Din, or whatever. Perfect. You know, what I mean that again. That's not too. That's not shoehorning Luke Skywalker in. That's necessary to the story. If they then say, if they were to say, um, "Oh, we have just bumped into Luke Skywalker. He's now going to join the team." Well, then that's a different story. That's now you know getting Luke on board with the Mandalorian full time is. I don't know. No, I'm not not up for that. But if he's getting baby back, you've got to you've got to see Luke again, surely. I mean, whether it's next season, whether it's the season after, who knows? But I, th- uh, yeah, I think we will do. But I think they're being very very careful with how they handle. Luke Skywalker, just in canon in general, whether that's TV, books or whatever, because I do think if they were going to have a series, they they would cast a new actor. It doesn't have to be Sebastian Stan, because again, my problem with that is he might look like the dude, but can he embody Luke Skywalker? Mm. It's all well and good looking like so. I look like Jabba the Hutt. doesn't mean I could do a good impression. You know oh, what I mean? So, be dark, um, mate. <laughs> um, so I think they, and I know a lot of people have said that as well, but they would have got somebody new in, like they did with Han Solo and Alden Ehrenreich, you know, so now, now they can, all, if they need a young soul, Han, they've got Alden. They've got him, um, if they want him, uh, I'm assuming he's still contractually tied. Whereas if they'd got a young Luke in, I'll say young, a post-Return of the Jedi, they would have had him in a bag. If he turned up, it would have been the same guy. But even if Luke turns up again, probably kind of may have to be a de-aged Mark Hamill again, unless they got somebody who looks, you know, depending on the time jump, like an older Luke. Um, I don't know. I think we will do. I don't know when, but... I kind of only hope it's for a little bit though, because I don't want yeah. I don't want it to become too overblown, mate. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. So, you know, Matty Boy, fan service. Too much, too little. Um, and Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian. You know, what what are your final 
Thoughts on that? <sighs> Remember Goldilocks, this bowl's too hot, this bowl's too cold. This one, this is just right. Bit oh, of cinnamon no. in it. No. I think that was it, mate. And for me, it was. I I cheered, I cried, but I still got the moment at the end with Din and Baby uh, and everyone. So it, it didn't overshadow it for me. It was just like the ultimate cherry on the on the icing on top of that wonderful cake. So for me, it was just right, but I, I can see why people might see it was. But no, for me, I, I, I dug it an awful lot. What about you, mate? Man, um, I think I said this on our Mando recap, you know, the day we watched it. And it really did feel like I was watching uh, my football team win like the World Cup or the Champions League, I think I said, but we'll use the World Cup today. Yeah, It did feel like that, mate. It really felt like that. And it felt like, it felt like the Star Wars fandom was celebrating like it. You know, everyone's seen those meme videos of all the England fans when, you know, Obi-Wan jumped down <laughs> on a monitor. Hello there. Hello there. And all the I England fans just throw their beers up in the air. That's their lagers. That is actually a thing when, when in the world, playing in the World Cup. Um, and, dude, it felt like that. And for me, how weird is it that we felt that during a lockdown, during what's been one of the worst years in modern history for so many people, we were able to have that feeling of just pure escapism, victory, hope, justice, Jedi, Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, mate, I said this on our recap remember that moment and just box it up because that was special. And I'm not sure if we'll get one of those for a while because it was extremely special and people will look back at that with fondness. They will mark my words. So for me, mate, I value it greatly. Are you a Jedi? I am. Come, little one. He doesn't want to go with you. He wants your permission. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child. But he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. You go on. That's who you belong with. He's one of your kind. I'll see you again. I promise. Skywalker. 
It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Skywalker. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Skywalker. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Skywalker. It's coming home. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're who? I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi? Where is he? Come on. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Sessions coming home to the Bantina. <laughs> this so happens to be now. That's that's got me in the mood for a couple of Kef beers, mate. And we're right outside the doors, shall we? Ah, oh, let's do it. <sighs> oh yes. Uh, for those new to the show, each week we sit down here in the Bantina with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We sink a couple of Kef beers. And we, we get your thoughts on our main discussion topic, which, of course, as you just heard, Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian fan service or nay. And we put up some polls, didn't we, mate? Yes, mate. We put up some cheeky polls up on the Twitterverse and Instagramiverse or, you know, whatever you want to call that. Instaverse? The Instaverse. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. See Matty Boy here with the filth. Um we asked whether you thought Luke Skywalker's appearance was too much fan service. Uh, on Twitter, 85% of you said no. And also, listen, wait for it, guys. On Instagram, yeah, 85% of you also said no. I think that's the first time Twitter and Instagram have like seen something eye to eye. I think um, it is. That's mad. So, you know, that's a huge majority of people there saying, yes, you know, we loved it. We're all up on it. It's not fan service. And uh, 15% saying, do you know what? Yeah, a bit too much, which is, of course, fair enough. Uh, And we love hearing all of those different opinions. And, uh, you know, talking of opinions, you know, let's hear from some of you guys matty boy we got so many responses in this week didn't we mate man it was yeah we got got a a, a millennium falcon ship full of them i mean we got comments for days on instagram facebook twitter the lot of them um and we got voicemails too so up front we are we're sorry if we can include yours but guys as always please keep sending them in uh to start us off is a brilliant voice message from hannah waddle i think that's how it's pronounced I, i could be completely wrong so um let's listen to hannah first 
Hey guys, it's Hannah. Um, I was wanting to give you my thoughts on Luke's appearance in season two of The Mandalorian. It's no secret that I was pretty vocal about the fact that I didn't enjoy his appearance. Um, I had struggled a lot with some of the other character appearances throughout the season and just kind of the way the plot was weaving and threading together as a whole. And Luke showing up for me did initially feel very fanservice-y. But after I had really taken some time to think about it, to think about his place in the saga as a whole, I really grew to appreciate the fact that it was a continuation of his myth and legend that we see at the beginning of The Force Awakens and into The Last Jedi. So while I feel like it could have been done maybe a little differently and I I couldn't have told you how because I'm not in film and I don't have that frame of reference or mind for that type of work, I do appreciate that he was able to continue on in his journey and kind of just be that bridge that was needed for Grogu to continue his training and Din to fully come to the realization of his true fatherhood. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Bye. Oh, what a voicemail. What a voicemail. And it's nice to hear a different perspective and some reasoning uh, behind that, isn't it, Matty Boy? Yes, yeah, having that old switcheroo is having those initial uh, issues with it and then obviously looking into it and being able to turn your, turn your opinion around on it, which doesn't happen very often. But, you know, as, as you just so well put there, Hannah, there were very good reasons why you could turn around and appreciate it. So um, thank you so much for sending that in. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, up next, we've got another voice message. Yes, we have. It is Harrison Hill. Let's hear it. My name is Punk Creations, and I am a cosplayer and big Star Wars fan. Today on the Star Wars Sessions podcast, was Luke Skywalker too much fan service? In my opinion, Season 2 of The Mandalorian was perfect. The right blend of new Star Wars content with the right blend of the familiar including the faces that we saw in the characters. So to answer the question, no. I don't think Luke Skywalker's inclusion was too much. It fits nicely. What a saucy and short and sweet message. We love it. Thank you for sending that in, Harrison, your legend. Yep, nice one, big boy. Harrison, heard of it in the Star Wars universe. Um, we had a couple of where well, we had an awful lot of written uh, responses so we picked out a few uh, Shannon Moran friend of the show from Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge said this is one of the, those cases it ticked both boxes of fan service and suiting the story because if it wasn't him we would have had to explain yet another Jedi and where have they been uh, Rob C. Walton said it was perfect I know there are other Jedi kicking around the galaxy but Luke is the Jedi it makes perfect sense that he would be the one to hear Grogu He's arguably the most powerful Jedi there ever was. Uh, Jochen Vijma says, No, it would have been it would have been if it had overshadowed the whole goodbye between Din and Grogu, but it certainly didn't feel that way for me. Luke was the only fitting and logical option. Josh Boyd said, I was not a fan of the fan service. Very fair play, dude. And Star Wars Padawan said, As much as I loved it, its only purpose was fan service. And now we're left with too many questions, so... Uh, a couple of conflicting ones there, which is what we love here on the session. So, everyone, thank you for sending those in. 
We love the conflict after all. That is what the wars is all about. Uh, up next, we got a spicy voice message from our boy Daniel Sotir. Let's hear him. Hello, this is Jam Master Daniel 96, and I'll be answering the question for the Star Wars Sessions podcast Was the Luke Skywalker cameo? To fan service I'd say no, because Luke seems the most logical choice to train Grogu, because in this time period, he's, you know, building his new Jedi Order, and Ahsoka's looking for Ezra, and then Ezra's with Thrawn, and we don't know the fate of Cal Kestis, and that's why I say the Luke Skywalker cameo wasn't too fan service <laughs> Oh, what another spicy message. It's great to hear from the people in MA, boy. It's so good. It is just so good. So good. That's right. We've got to get one of those in. We've got to get one of those in. I'm telling you, you guys, you sent in, you delivered on the voice messages. Up next, we got Doug Kimball. Let's hear it, Matty boy. <laughs> I'm Doug Kimball over in the USA. The question is, if Luke's cameo in the Mandalorian Season 2 finale was too fan y Absolutely not. Uh, I believe it fit the story, and all of us, no matter what generation you are, want to know what Luke was doing between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. And this gives us a good insight. <laughs> I love, dude, I love the dramatic pause there. I loved it. Like, what's, what's Doug going to say? What's he going to say? Oh, man. Daniel and Doug, thank you so much for sending those spicy voice messages in your legends. That's it. Thank you, you couple of naughty boys. And to round off this section of the band, Tina, we have another voice message from one of our patrons it's the wonderful lara milo run here's what she had to say i do not think luke's appearance in the mandalorian was too much fan service i thought it was perfect it was a really good balance between giving us what we want to see and not jeopardizing the story where luke is in terms of his strength with the force fit the timeline really well and who better to train grogu than the guy who's planning on training a new generation of jedi no messing around from Lara. Nah, no fan service. Eat it. So, yeah, thank you so much for that, Lara. Your first voice message into the sessions. Everyone who sent in a voice message, which we did get to, thank you so much. Those we couldn't get to, also thank you so much. And for all the written messages, there was no way could we include all of them because there were so many. But I would encourage people to go and read some of them on the posts, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, they are there are some absolutely barnstorming answers and i genuinely mean that there's some big answers on there which demand your eyes so we'll give obviously the social links at the end but thank you so much everybody for sending those in and contributing to this section of the bantina for extra content go to patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions you know it's gonna be so good best podcast Best podcast. 
you got your uh, one more time another one we love it we love it and the listeners love it we all love the so good classic Danny Boy Sextoni their house MC and rapper um, that's right it is the Patreon part of the Bantina where our patrons get to ask us a question a month oh what tier is it again it's the, the um, this is where the fun begins this is where I, I'm $3 I always get it confused because it's not the hello there. Yeah. If you sign up from $3, you get to ask us a question. Guaranteed we'll ask it on the show. Jump on it. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Uh, first question is from the lovely Jess Olsen, who asks this. What are you? What are your guys' favorite Star Wars collectible toys uh, that you own? Or collectibles slash toys? that you own uh it's a great question jess i'm gonna throw this over to my boy matty boy what do you reckon mate um nice one jess your queen um it's a good we've uh, i know we filled this one a few times this one because we know how much people love collectibles and toys and star wars it's, n- it's not like it's a new thing only been going on since 77 so there's a burning desire for these questions and i love it and i love it when we get asked this question because it makes me think of all the things i've got all the things i want because um, each time I say, and I believe Luke's as well, I'm not a, I'm not a big collector mainly at the minute due to obviously the you know the tight times we live in, but also space. You know when 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 I have a dad pad, it's going to be decked out in all the Star Wars gear. Going to go, this is me, like it or lump it. Um, I imagine most people may dad lump pad. it. Dad pad, dad <laughs> pad. Um, so I don't really have an awful lot. So mine are more sentimental things rather than kind of monetary value. Um, I mentioned beforehand, like my daughter, she loves the porks, so she has loads of little pork toys, the big ones, little ones, baby ones. So you know, and she still that was pretty much one of her first ever toys that she knew what it was and actually would cuddle and love was um, was Porky when, when the last Jedi dropped. Uh, so those sort of for the sentimental value and the baby Yoda toy, everything Hasbro have sent. Thanks guys, I absolutely love each all of that. Um, and just my books, man. I've got a bookcase full of them over there, and some I can't even fit of just the books. And um, it's just nice to sit here of an evening, cup of tea, glance over my shoulder and be like, look at all those bad boy books over there. Any moment, I'm going to go pick one up, get lost in it again, or one of the all the visual dictionaries or one of the, or the cross-section books, and really just get lost in those for a little bit, or the art of books and things like that. So for me, it's more sentimental things. Like, what is it? I mean, I've got uh, stuff I could have could be great, but it's what means the most to the next generation. What of my nipper? She loves some of the things like Baby Yoda and Grogu, and she had a great quote, which I'm sure we'll mention in another show. There's a tease. But um, mainly the sentimental stuff for me. But what about you, mate? Um, okay, so yeah, I'm going to echo what uh, Matty Boy said. For me, it's sentimental stuff, but also. Uh, they happen to be very cool. Uh, my missus got me a Lego Millennium Falcon um as a surprise uh for one of our anniversaries i think and uh that was crazy you know talk about feeling like you're a kid again you know i felt like a kid again when i opened that box that was mad that was absolutely mad um that is one of my most treasured items that sits uh below uh my tv on a like a glass cabinet i have matty boy knows it very well uh, another thing i don't know if i've mentioned this uh much you know um I really am fond of um, a little bit of film that uh, my brother and uh, Dags, my my sister-in-law, 
um, got for me from like a Comic Con, I think it was. Oh, really? So it's a bit of film, like um, actual like, photography film. Yeah. So it's like that. And I think I remember now, you yeah. that. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a scene from A New Hope. Um, and I really, I absolutely adore that. Uh, I love my Boba Fett helmet. I think that is absolutely gorgeous. Got that from Hasbro. Shout out. And do you know what? Another thing. I absolutely adore the little painting that um, our mate, our boy, uh, Josh Glover did for us. You know, the oh, 3PO yeah. and R2 painting. Man. The Patreon painting, yeah. The Patreon painting. Yeah, we did that a while ago. And um, man, I I adore that. I really, really do adore that. And that's really special because I know that can't just be bought on like Walmart or Tesco, you know. It's really, it's it's a custom um, thing. So, yeah, I, I really do adore that. That's a few of my things. That's a few of my things. But like uh, what Matty Boy said, when I eventually have the space, man, I'm going to have such a sick geek room, you know. Yeah. Mrs. Mrs. hears about it and she's like, man, what's, when's this going to happen? I'm like, ah, really? It's going to happen. She's like, no way. Yeah, she's like, not good. <laughs> oh, uh, um, to be, uh, I, so, well, that's why I say the dad pad will be, hopefully be lucky enough to, um, to score somewhere to get some sweet Star Wars merch. But I've got a Phantom Menace chest set in there as well, actually, which is pretty boss. Mm. Unopened, pretty much. If anybody wants it, 50 quid. But it's in, it's in my room. It's really quite cool. Um, uh, thank you, Jess. We, like, we say it every week. Uh, send us in your answers, everyone, patron or not. We want to hear what you guys' favourite collectibles are. Can you beat Jimmy the Tank Adams' massive Funko Pop room, which is worth nope. five figures? Uh, mad. Um, moving on now. The Belgian Bond, Vadim Simmons. You might find him on a yacht in the Mediterranean. No joke there. He asked, you get a couple of golden tickets that allow you to travel wherever you want with whoever you want in the galaxy. Where are you going and who are you bringing? For me, Vadim says, I'm going to Navarro and I'm bringing you guys on a business trip. Twilight Keelan baths. Wink, wink. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. I'm coming with you, Vadim. Lukey boy, you get a couple of golden tickets. You go wherever you want, with whoever you want in the galaxy. Uh, where are you going? Who are you bringing? Right. All right. So... Vadim, you've done yourself in, mate, because you've not put any limits on this. That's going to be absolutely mental. Um, basically, the whole mandem, the whole the whole session sickheads, anyone anyone who listens to that's Star Wars sessions, yeah, that's you guys. You listening right now? You're a session sickhead. Um, we're all going. We're all going away together. We're all going Canto Bite, and we're all just yeah. going to have a mad one. We're going to have a mad one. It's going to be great fun. I'm going to find that alien that's had a bit too many of the old Kef beers. And, yeah, the guy who tries to put a coin in BB-8. That's the, yep. Going to get him and drop kick him off a ledge. It's going <laughs> to be great. So he spills more money. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So uh, that's why it's just going to be like loads of people down central London just having it, having it large. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's it, really. What about you, Matty Boy? What do you reckon, mate? This is Star Wars um, Universe, so go crazy. Go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would have gone to Canto Bar as well. I've mentioned that so many times. Imagine the fun you could have there. Get a massage from a big naked thing and then go and what? put your touch on. <laughs> oh, that's in the deleted things, isn't it? That like, the weird thing <laughs> getting a massage. I'm glad they took that what? one out. Uh, can, you imagine, can you imagine taking all, all of these sick heads 
to like the the lower clubs <laughs> at the bottom of Coruscant. You know, where Anakin's just like, wow, and Obi-Wan's like, I'm good to get a drink. Imagine oh, that. Imagine how cool that would be. It'd be like the yeah. biggest trip ever. Um, you can get shot at by a changeling. You can watch the pod racers. You can get off the death sticks. I mean, what a hoot. So perfect. It's like, you know, it's like Essex on a Saturday night. Um, or I'd just take Ray to Naboo because it's lovely and she'd like that. And she'd like me to take her there. So probably that last one. Um, I, I but thought no, you were going to say that. Otherwise, I'm going to take Luke to Mandalore so he can tell me how ugly the architecture is of the buildings. That's true. In That's the Clone true. Wars era. What were they thinking? What I remembered. They were, they were beginning to like, you know, claw it back a little bit by season seven. They were toning down the crazy architecture on Mandalore. Doesn't it look like Star Wars? Gets on my nerves. Um, yeah. It, good question there, Vadim. Love it, mate. You, you are a very naughty little Belgian. Um, <laughs> up next, up next, we got none other than the boss lady, Emily Bonner, who asked this. It's a good one, my boy. Does your love of Star Wars ever overlap with other things? For example, I love Star Wars and I love true crime. Examples of these overlap, overlapping include the time when Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer, read the novelizations of the original trilogy on audiobook for libraries for the blind as part of his community service while in jail. Plus, did you know Bonnie, is it um, P.S.? P.S., is it Bonnie P.S.? Uh, young Aunt Beiru, um was in a cult. She was in, is it Enexium, Mai? Yes, Enex- yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? Does your love of Star Wars ever overlap with other obsessions? There we go, Matty boy. What are you saying to Emily's really original question? I love it, and it's not—it's it's original, but it's the detail for which that goes in as well is quality. Um, mine is uh, food-based because I love a bit of—I uh, love a bit of Tucker, me, and I love it when. Um, st- st- well, first, actually, I love it when Star Wars overlaps with other uh, kind of visual mediums, so like the Family Guy Star Wars. I thought they were hilarious. Um, so overlapping animated comedy with the Galaxy Far, Far Away, Bish Bash Bosh, um, but every single food tie-in with Star Wars is great uh, other than obviously art but like during the time of I think it was The Last Jedi you could get a garden salad with Rose Tico on it why? I don't know it's because it's because you could get one of those like, it, like the most like the most absurd things that you can think of Star Wars has cornered obviously C-3PO's way back in the day uh, Star Wars Darth Vader and Yoda mac and cheese the Kylo Ren muesli um, stuff like stuff like that. So um, Star Wars toilet roll as well. Two things I very much enjoy. Um, so <laughs> everyone's got to you got to go. You got to go. Um, so yeah, pretty much food. Really, Star Wars and food. And obviously, you got the um, the cookbooks as well, like the the galactic cookbooks and things like that. And you could, the stuff you can make is fun from there. So mine isn't quite as deep as Emily's was because they were quality. Mine is pretty much surface level, and it's more, you know, I love when Star Wars overlaps with food, because sometimes it can be great, and sometimes it can be so nonsensical, but um, what about yourself, big man? Okay, mate, so um, I absolutely adore photography, and um, I especially love good cinematography, like I love 
when a scene can look like a photo and when it follows you know certain rules or or even when it doesn't when it breaks rules and it still looks gorgeous um you know i can't help but think so many of so many scenes in the force awakens that are just absolutely gorgeous the last jedi the original trilogy you know star wars has a certain style that can very much carry like you can kind of carry it on through photography you know and and especially in a type of photography that came became so popular in the last 10 years like urban photography architectural photography um you know like very symmetrical looking buildings that are very dark and gloomy and stuff and that is cinematic it's from cinema that's exactly where that inspiration's come from so for me photography is one of them another one is general design and architecture um star wars is so rich with design you know and we can thank ralph mccrory and so many other people for that uh, the set builders everyone to to really realize these visions because that in itself is a skill it's it's something that is excellent in star wars and it inspires me really to go on and read you know the um the art books and look online of these videos of the the art of star wars and whatnot and building all these wonderful things star wars manages to look so worn but also fresh you know it's so believable and i do think that in itself isn't it's such a strong art form that it then inspires me to go and replicate it whether whether it's you know doing a little naff drawing whether it's taking a photo whether it's you know thinking of films in my head that i want to eventually do you know there's so many things so many things so for me emily i would say star wars really overlaps with you know creating um because it just sparks your imagination that's my that's my answer Mine was food, and Luke's has gone and given that wonderful um, <laughs> dialogue. And I was like, I like it when they team with donuts. Um, <laughs> no, spot on, mate. You're spot on. Like I say, if you're a photographer, you know exactly what you've got to do to capture the moment. Anyone can take a picture, but not everyone can tell a story. Uh, Luke Bly is incredibly good at doing that. Go check out his um, photography pages just for my, just for evidence that it's not just me blowing smoke. It's fantastic. Um, so thank you, Emily. And again, we want to hear all of your answers. So the question from Jess, from Vadim, from Emily, you know, what are you guys thinking? Where would you go in the galaxy and who with? Does your love of Star Wars ever overlap with other things? And what are your favourite collectibles toys? Let us know because uh, we'd love to share your answers. So thank you again, guys. We'll be back in the Bantina next week with some more Patreon questions. But bartender, sorry about the mess. We'll be back again in a week's time. Star Wars Sessions game! It's the final game of the double-digit era because, as we know, tonight we're going to party like it's episode 99, guys. Oh, I love it. Oh, what a <laughs> it mate uh that tune's got nothing to do with the game do you would like to know what the game is mate yes please tell me hit me i'm throwing it back at you from last week it's a game called 20 questions mate 
Right. You know no. the rules. For those who don't, in my head, I have a Star Wars character uh, or somebody within the universe, at least, galaxy. And Luke has got, tw- he's got to ask me 20 questions, yes or no, to see if he can guess who this person or species may be. So, Luke, are you ready, my friend? 20 I'm ready, questions? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. Right. Come on. EJ, drop it. Uh, over to you, big one. Are they human? Yes. Okay. Human. Are they male? Yes. Male. Um, are they in the sequel trilogy? No. No. Oh. Not really. Not really. Ah. In, in short, no. In short, no. Okay. Are they a Jedi? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, are they in uh, Ray's vision at the end of Rise of Skywalker? Do they do a voiceover in that? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> you naughty boy. Okay. Um, let's down. We've got 15 to somehow not nose this up. Yeah. I'm not doing all right. I'm doing, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Okay. So are they primarily in the prequel trilogy? Yes. Does this person wield a purple lightsaber? Yes. <laughs> Are you Mace Windu? Yes, yes, it's Mace Windu. I didn't think you were going to get that so easily. How did you? Well, obviously you got it from process of elimination. But how on earth, after three questions, did you laugh as if to say? It's big boy Mace. I've yeah. just checked. I didn't put them on the I, notes as well. I, I play that game a lot with Arley and my father-in-law. Like we will sit there and play that like so much, so much. Uh, yeah. So man, I love it. Love it. Mace Windu. Window as you say, matey boy. And what's Mace Windu? One of his catchphrases, mate? Uh, the party's not over. That's right. But this one is. I uh, think that's how it goes. Yeah. But this party's not over, as he said. <laughs> That's right. A Sith Lord, that guy. Um, this party is over, though. So, yes, tonight we have been partying because it is episode 99, which means that next week is the big one. Episode 100. And I'm sure we're going to have some fun stuff planned. It's, it's going to be odd. Well, I'm going to save all those thoughts for the big one, of course. But that is that for this episode episode 99 of star wars sessions but the fun doesn't end there no one's ever really gone where can the world find us master blywalker you can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk search for us on socials instagram twitter tiktok facebook the lot find us search search for star wars sessions we're gonna be on there see you know this isn't pre-recorded we do this live guys uh drop us a cheeky message or voice note to our email address hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk we love to hear from you and don't forget to check out patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions 
Yeah, if you're listening now, it will be on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere in the galaxy. You can find a podcast, you're going to find us there. And if you love the show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com. CIMDB for podcast. It's awesome. We're on there. So if you have a spare 30 seconds, please do consider dropping us a good review there as well. It helps the show grow. It gets more people listening and we get to talk to more and more of you each week because of it. So thank you so much for all of your content and engagement over the last 99 episodes. 99 and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum tell your dad tell your mates tell your cats go tell mark hamill tell your ewok tell your cousin the more the merrier the castle spice yeah that's right so tell the unguessable mace window that this is the podcast you're looking for so until next time from me see ya and from luke may the force be with you always Lights Mindu ninety nine. They are Essex based podcast heroes. Talent without training is nothing. Tell that to Country Club. <laughs>